Hello and welcome once again to What's Out There, the paranormal podcast from the Out There Paranormal Group. And chatting for you tonight, we have myself, Nigel, and myself, Juliet. So, this is another one of those, oh, we're going to make it up as we're going along podcasts. My kind of podcast. You love it indeed. And you've actually come up with a topic for this mm. podcast. So, what are we going to talk about tonight, Jules? <sighs> okay, well, I thought, because it hasn't been covered off very much, I thought we'd talk about hauntings with animals and animal hauntings, because... We hear a lot about it. There's there's quite a lot of stories out there, but we haven't really talked about haunted animals. And there's some interesting stories that we've come across. And I've got some tales myself. So yeah, and I, so have you, haven't you? I have. Yeah, it's one of those subjects yeah. that um, is very close to your heart, isn't it? Because yeah. um, we've all had pets. Mm-hmm. And remember them really, really fondly. And oh my days, this could be, <laughs> it could have been rather tearful, couldn't it? Because we were talking about this early on and saying, if we're going to be talking about this sort of subject, um, they're very close to our hearts. We could actually sort of bring back memories and make you cry. And you think yeah. about the dogs and cats and various other animals that you had years ago. And it's often dogs and cats that tend to come back. That's actually very true, but it's not just dogs and cats. There's all kinds of different animals, aren't there? We certainly have a few we're going to talk about tonight, different yeah, animals as well. But um, really, I think we're sort of starting on the theme of pets. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Oh, I like the ghosts of humans. Um, pet ghosts return for various reasons. Sometimes they appear to say goodbye. Sometimes they want to reassure their grieving owners that they're all right and that their spirits are always with them. And sometimes, like they often do whilst they're alive, they're guarding their beloved humans, delivering a message or a warning. Well, what kind of warning, though? That's the question. It's the question, indeed. Mm. Some of these animals are often seen as what they call harbingers as well. So they're delivering some kind of message of something's going to happen, a pending disaster or pending death or something like that. To protect their owners. Exactly. Mm. And... As we go mm-hmm. on, it's something we'll touch on a little bit later in the podcast as well, the fact that there are harbingers that carry messages. So um, do you want to start with a pet tale? Do you want me to talk about my two tales? You can start first, then I'll follow up with one. So. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm a little bit of a crazy cat lady, folks. If you don't know that already, I do love my kitty cats. We do often have your kitty cat, who's not here <laughs> at the moment, when you really need her to appear yeah, on the show. Usually you've heard her bell we have away Izzy, in the background. Yeah, and meowing my sometimes. Izzy cat. Yeah. But Izzy um, did have a brother um, called George, and George was my baby. He was absolutely adorable. And he became an old boy, and the day came where... Well, it's quite emotional, really. Yeah, I was going to say, I knew it was going to be. It's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. The day came where, you know, he had to make his little uh, trip across the little rainbow bridge, and I had to take him to the vets for his, his final day because he, he was suffering. And I had to do the right thing because he wasn't comfortable and he was fading away. So I was kind of numb after that process and I remember coming home and I was here all by myself and my children were over out at their father's for the weekend. So I kind of sat here all alone, um, just numb and looking at his little cat bed and his little toys and my heart was breaking. And I went to bed that night and I was in floods of tears and and lying there and I felt this little pad, pad, pad on my duvet and I thought, it can't be, can it be? And I kind of lay there 
And I was awake. I hadn't been to sleep or anything. I had, you know, tears pouring down my face. And I felt this, this weight at the bottom of my bed. And I had my nightlight on. And I looked down at the foot of my bed and I could see where there was an indentation on my bed um, where he used to sit when he was alive between my feet at the bottom of the bed. And yeah, I felt the weight and I saw the indentation and it was the strangest thing. And I kind of, I don't know, I kind of called his name and I went, George? And I heard his collar and... I just kind of knew in my heart on that particular occasion that he'd come home. And occasionally, you know, me being me and being, you know, spiritual and, and sensitive, I have sensed him plodding around the house occasionally and haven't had the sensation on the duvet since then. But that really was an unusual experience. And it was possible that I was, my brain was, was sort of hoping and almost producing illusions that perhaps, you know, George was there, but actually feeling the sensation and actually seeing the indentation on my duvet. Now that I can't quite understand. Was it George coming home to me, telling me that everything was okay and reassuring me? Or was it something else? You know, is there a scientific explanation for it you know i'll leave that one up to you it's funny you should say about um, indentations in the bed jewels because that's yeah. quite a common one with animals because i think uh, a lot of people although they say you shouldn't let your animals go to bed with you quite a few of us do yeah. share our sleeping places with our pets well, that's true but then i do ha i do have a little kitty cat rug on my bed I, i'm very fussy i won't let them directly on my duvet having said that is he does put her head on my pillow sometimes. <laughs> I know that look. I know that look because I've told you, but yeah, you know. And there is the thing is the fact that we remember from these locations because yeah. you're so used to having them there with you. And like you said, it is that emotional attachment you have with them because they're not like they're like one or two years old and then they're gone. They live, live to a ripe old age. They're like children, aren't they? They are. They like come like little furry children. And the silly thing is, we were talking about this earlier on, we went out to, to have a meal. You come attached to them and you can remember those names. Yes. And they're pets that you had years and years and oh, years yeah. ago absolutely and you're like oh i was telling you about um the dog we had called nobby i mean this is when i lived in kent in 1979 this is how long ago it was and you remember that dog because it stays close and it's in your heart you know and they're part of your family and i think that's the thing is that you don't want to let them go and you want to think that they're still there with you and mm. i think that's the hardest part of it it is um i remember we moved up here from kent and we brought a dog with us called tui and I love that stupid dog. It's one of those daft dogs that you could do silly things. You could put sunglasses on it, <laughs> stick a hat on it, all the stupid things that you love to do with dogs. And he was always just to keep me company. Um, I was quite lonely as a child, so I'd speak to the dogs. Mm. I'd sort of sit in the room and two would come sit me on the bed and I'd be sitting there talking to her. Yeah, but it's just probably because she knew. She knew they sense there's they something because they? they do. That is something That's we're going to say. That's another podcast, isn't it? Well, you can mention it in Animals this one. Animals and sensing. Exactly. That's another well, I mean, thing to talk about. we can cover it in here. Oh yeah. I don't know if we can, if mm -hmm. we find enough time, we'll mm -hmm. chuck it in. This is, as you can gather, it's going to be very sort of much us sort of chatting about various things involving animals. So, where was I, Tui? Yes. Okay. Um, Tui used to sit on the bed with me, and when she got really, really ill. Um, I picked her up 
and I took her into my room and I put her on the bed with me and I knew she wasn't well, it's the same thing with you and George, mm. you know, you, you know their days are numbered, she'd not been very well for a long time and I thought, it's going to have to go mm. uh, and it is horrible and um, my dad took her to the vets and she was put down and he, I'm going to cry. It's so God, this is awful. Um, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> we knew it would be an emotional experience to do this. So excuse me if I sound a bit tearful, but you're sort of thinking back on these things. You meant how much that pet meant to you. And, you know, and the fact that I, I didn't want to move up here and Tui was the one thing I turned to when I first moved up here, talking to her, sort of thinking, why am I here? I was 16 years old. I didn't want to be moved to Norfolk, you know country backwater and all that sort of stuff, start a new life, meet new friends, that's what I had to do and I didn't want to do it. Um, I just remember Tui, me talking to her and I was heartbroken when she was put down. But it was about a week later and I'd gone to bed and I could hear something in the room. It was that noise and it felt like you were saying about paws. Yeah. It felt like the clipping yes. claws. Because I had like a wooden floor in the bedroom and I thought that sounds like her walking across the floor and then I felt the bed shake like she dumped onto the bed oh, wow. like you were sensing as well yeah and she was there and I could feel that she was there and I'm just like saying Tui are you there and then start talking to her again like I wanted to like I was before and I thought I'm glad she's here she's here with me again yeah so I talked to her again did you feel sort of creeped out by it or anything? Were you no, I didn't. Relaxed by it? I was relaxed I know by I it. Was. Do you know what? Totally to me, it felt like a relief that she was back. Yeah, so because because you kind of know God, that they're I'm, okay. I really could be this emotional. Sorry, oh. I'm going to cry. <laughs> um, I had so much I wanted to tell her. Yeah. You know, and uh, sorry, I've to stop. probably just shows you how much um, these animals mean to us because I really <laughs> are you okay I'm fine yeah yeah it just it brings it all back and I think like yourself I'm thinking of something it's because she meant so much to me is that why I saw her mm. or was she genuinely there and I like to think skeptic as I am mm. she was genuinely there because she wanted to come back and make sure that I was okay yeah because those last few days we didn't get that chance. And I didn't get the chance to say goodbye to her as well, which was quite hard. Yeah, so, that's, that's tough. Yeah, yeah. I, if it was me and Georgie, I, if I didn't get that chance, I would have been mortified. I had to yeah. be there all the way through, I think. I think that's why we so want them to come back. Yeah. You know, because we do miss them so much, because they mean so much to us. Mm -hmm. And then you must think to yourself then, is it because we want them there, that's why we imagine that they're there, or do they genuinely come back? So it's quite interesting because when I was little, you know, I was brought up in that farmhouse, which I talk about, don't I? And yeah. One of the podcasts and one of the articles as well, I think, on the website, I mention it. But we had a little black cat when I was growing up um, called Nuggy. And that was shortly later we moved into another um, sort of quite airy house, if you like. 
and she was she was a wild looking thing and she passed away um, it was just old age you know um, fortunately she wasn't put to sleep or anything and uh, after she died my sister thought she saw Nuggy and the interesting thing was I never saw her but I heard her little cat bell and at the time we only had that one cat and a pile of dogs and you know cat bells are sort of that ding ding little high ding ding so yeah. it definitely wasn't the dogs and I heard strange things which could have been her I never saw her but the interesting thing was that um, our cleaning lady at the time um, that came in saw her and was quite taken aback um, because she thought she'd passed away and saw her and so other people actually saw Nuggy around the house although strange as it is I never actually did but yeah. I, I heard her on a couple of occasions but and my dad had seen her as well so you know there's quite a few members of the family and, and people from outside the family that, that saw her and you know she was being seen up until fairly recently in that house upstairs which is a bit strange so you know kind of in my family we've had two experiences of cats and Nuggy was a lovely little black cat but she wasn't kind of you know one of the pets I would expect um, to kind of see or, or for people to see after she passed you know but she came back and she wanted everybody to know she was back yeah you know so I don't know it, it's strange I mean I guess if you on your own have just seen a pet then I suppose people can argue that, oh, you know, it's just your brain doing funny things, you're grieving and all it's the It's the emotion of it. of it, yeah. But when yeah. other people then see and experience and, you know, at different times or whatever, and I, I have to question it then, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. animals have souls, don't they? So this why is shouldn't they be ghosts? People will say to you, oh, well, you know, I, I don't think there can be like ghost animals or ghost pets because... Yeah. But then... When you experience that closeness with a pet, mm-hmm. they do understand you. Yeah, you know, really they do. know Izzy does here. Mm. You know, doesn't she? She comes and sees us. She knows when you're feeling down. She, she really comes and does. sits with you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when my when my boys disappear and they go over to spend time with their dad, you know, obviously it's what they have to do and it's important that they do that. Doesn't stop me loving them, doesn't stop me missing them terribly. And every time they go, it's like a piece of me goes with them. It hurts. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm kind of sat here feeling a little bit low because I've just departed for the weekend and I'm missing them terribly. And it's almost like my Izzy knows. And she will come and sit nearby or, you know, cheer up at me or whatever or, or just to take my mind off it, you know. Yeah. Could be coincidence. Could be. But I like to think that she no, knows. No, I don't. I think, I think you're right. I think they do understand and mm. they know that we need them. Like I said with Tui, I'd come home and I'd be feeling bad. I'd go and sit in my room. And the door would be sort of pushed ajar, and then you'd hear the door creak, yeah. and then you'd hear this little tip, tip, tip across the floor, and you know she was there, and then she'd be on the bed with you, sitting there, looking at you, and you know then you'd want to talk to her because she's there. And I think to myself, she's actually come in because she knows that I'm feeling down, yeah. and she knows that I want to talk to her, and she senses that fact. So do dogs and cats have souls? Yes. Absolutely. As far as I'm concerned, they do. And it's just not dogs and cats. I mean, there's been cases of, of ghost horses being seen from, from wars and battle scenes. Yep. And I mean, there's so many different cases out there of animals. I mean, here's something I'm going to throw at you. There we go. 
Here we go. Right. You're going to think I'm nuts. Here we go. But, you know, <laughs> no, I always have to if... throw something mm. crazy into the loop here because I'm good at this. Right? Here we go. Nessie. Loch Ness Monster. Okay. Here we go. Could Nessie be a ghost? A Why not? A residual haunting of a pleosaurus. Why not? Why not? Why not? This, yeah. If, 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 do you know what? If, if dogs and cats, right, can perhaps die and be seen again. Why on earth can't dinosaurs and Nessie? Why has it just got to be a cryptid? Yeah. Oh, just suddenly right? appears and then disappears. Because that would explain it perfectly, wouldn't it? And what about yeah, yeah? Okay, I'm going crazy now. Yetis. Okay. Maybe again. Maybe that's just residual. Maybe ghost of something that was there before. Yes, why not? Okay, look at me funny. <laughs> okay, that's fine. But no, it's just I, something I, I want to throw out there because. I, it's an it interesting just, concept, I have to could say. It, could it be? Could it possibly be? Who knows? That because is again, the thing, isn't it? Again, you know, you, people see these these strange um, animals, you know, perhaps, you know, a creature like Nessie from long ago, and, oh, it was there, and then it was gone in the next minute. And it's the same with, with you know, these yetis and abominable, I can't even say it, abominable, abominable snowman. snowman. Thank you very much. Goodness <laughs> sake, get the right teeth in. But could it be? You know, that, the stupid thing is... There's a thunderstorm outside. Brilliant. <gasps> wow. I've got to drive home in that. Hey, oh gosh, <laughs> yeah. Nigel. I don't mind, I love it. Oh, at, uh, least, at least you've got tyres on the car. I have, it? yeah, should be all right. Yeah, my <laughs> word. But your Loch Ness Monster theory mm. actually fits. This is the stupid thing about it, because they yeah. go down there with sonar, yeah. bleep, 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 trying to find it. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. Because so, it's not there. And Well, this is what I'm saying. Because either it's an interdimensional being that comes across when that portal opens into that universe mm -hmm. that it lives in, or it's a residual haunting of some kind of sea creature that was there. It does make me wonder. But mind you, I still want to go up there with a tent. Oh, goodness me, yeah. Go and see what and, you can actually find. Probably absolutely nothing. I'll just come back cold and yeah. tired and hungry and all the rest. <laughs> you know. We're going oh, off the beaten track here, and that's typical sorry. of you, isn't I know. it, Jules? I'm sorry. Throw this one. I'm into just going to throw it out there. But what if? What if? What if? Eh? Yeah. Mm. Interesting. I like that idea. Mm. There was another story that I heard. We're talking about sort of strange animals that are ghosts. There's a good one okay. from the Tower of London. Oh, yeah. What's that one about? There was it's a bear in this one. A ghost oh, okay. of a bear. What well, kind of a bear? A grizzly a bear? Apparently so, a big okay. bear. All they say is a bear. Okay. But it not could a teddy actually bear. Not a teddy bear. A real sort of... <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that kind of a bear. <laughs> a growly bear, folks. <laughs> Excuse me, my bear impersonation was a little bit pathetic, really, wasn't it? <laughs> no, a actual proper... Rip your face off, kind of bear. Okay. Apparently, there's a guard in the Tower of London. He saw what he thought was a bear coming towards him, mm. and he yelled at the bear to stop, which is a stupid thing to do because it's not going to. He got his bayonet fixed on his rifle, and he actually went to thrust at the bear with his bayonet to yeah. spear it. Right. And the bayonet went straight to the bear and hit the wall behind, wow. and the wall behind, and the bear had disappeared. So when was this? This was oh wow, um, eighteen hundred sometime I think. Oh, interesting. But the interesting thing is that they did actually have bears and things in Tower of London. There mm. were a lot of pets that were given to members of the royal family. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the pets that were given by years and years and years ago, I think it was a, a Norwegian king, gave them a polar bear. Interesting gift. So I wonder whether or not it was the ghost of this peculiar polar bear that this guard saw wow. that night. But he said it was there. 
That's large really as life and going giant bear. And if you're on duty, obviously you wouldn't have smoked anything funny or had a little drink or anything. You wouldn't have thought so, no. 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 That is really interesting. Yeah. So ghostly bears oh. in the Tower of London. Yeah. And the other thing I want to talk about with pets is, have you ever noticed that you're sort of sitting in your lounge mm. and Izzy then suddenly starts to stare at something weird in the distance? Oh, she does that a lot. Yeah. And I've caught her because I've got um, like security cameras in, in my house. Yeah. Um, which are rigged to go on um, at night when I'm asleep. And so occasionally I'll check back on the recordings. And I've noticed her quite often, you know, with the night vision when it when it clicks in because it comes on with trigger movements and things like that. I've got footage of her just sort of sitting there, almost turning her head as if something's walking past her. And she's very calm about it. She's just sitting there sort of looking and, you know, no dust orbs or anything like that flying about. But it's it's almost like she just notices something's walking around or moving around past her, which is quite interesting. Why do you ask this question? Uh, it's one of those weird things that you get when people sort of ask you things. One of my friends, yeah. a chap called Mark, asked me about, he said, do animals see ghosts? Mm-hmm. And I went, there's distinct possibility because um, they could... They've got a wider range of senses than we have. Yeah, um, Their eyesight is better in some areas of the spectrum. Their hearing is certainly better than ours. Yeah. But they also have this sort of animal sixth sense. And their sense of smell. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's all sort of more finely tuned than we are. Yeah. It could just be a simple case of they've spotted some kind of insect moving about, but then you go to look yourself and there's nothing there. Mm. My friend Mark, he took his dog out, takes his dog out for a walk on a regular basis and he passes the same spot. And every time he gets to this certain spot, his dog just stops mm. and stares into this field and is totally entranced by something in the field. So he thought it was really, really odd. He's pulled his dog away and then he's had to drag it away, literally sort of drag the dog away from this place because it's transfixed by something in this field. So he's walking his dog down there another day and there was a lady standing in the field. And the dog stopped and was staring and he said to this lady, it's really weird, he said, every time I come down here, my dog stops and stares at something in the field. It's like you can see something in the field. And the woman said, what? And then Mark laughed and he said, oh, I don't know, you know, perhaps it's horses or something like that. And the woman sort of read a bit white face and said, actually, right here in the corner of this field is where we buried three of our horses. Oh, wow. So it makes you wonder, is Mark's dog sensing something of those three horses and seeing them in that field? Because he said there's nothing else there. The dog just literally stops and stares. Doesn't bark, doesn't do anything, just stops and really just stares at that spot. There was some footage I saw actually on social media and that was quite an interesting one. And it was like, I think it was a a cat um, that was sort of, arched up and was almost putting her paws up as if she was saying goodbye to something yeah and something rising it it was quite interesting and yes you can train a cat to do this kind of stuff and you know quite possibly but it does make me wonder whether they see so much more you know than we do yeah they can pick up on that side of things whether they're Mm. sensitive to spirit yeah sense them around you know i mean they may even see when we say we've had relatives or, or members of family that have passed away in the house, 
Oh, absolutely. Them? But then as well, when you look at ancient cultures, you know, you look at the Native Americans and things like that, they all talk about spirit animals, don't they? It's a big part of their culture. It really, really yeah. is, yeah. yeah. So tell me this story. What's this story about... Um, the council house that was standing empty. Ah, yes. This is the yeah. one about, um, you see, we're talking about pets seeing things and, you know, all being lovely pets and yeah. how, how sad we are to see them go. Okay. But sometimes... Oh, here we go. It's uh, we go, not always a nice story. Is this a creepy so, one? It, in, a, in a sense, but not a sort of mm, put the creepy music on kind of creepy oh, okay. story. Okay. But it, it's one of those ones that you suddenly see appear in the newspaper and you think, mm -hmm. wow, is this for real or is this just, okay. you know... It's the council house. Okay, this comes from the Daily Express from 1966. I do believe the story was from originally. Okay. I'm going back in time thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And what it is, is this council house has been standing empty for mm -hmm. absolutely ages uh, since a family of four actually fled the house in absolute terror. Mm -hmm. um, several other families have asked if they can move into that house, but mm -hmm. the council have said that Swindon Council repeatedly said no, they're not going to let anybody in. Oh. Because as far as they're concerned, the house is haunted. Really? Haunted, yeah, believe it That's or not. That's really interesting because most councils won't fess up to that, Exactly, they? no, they won't okay. say that. And they're All actually right. waiting for a clergyman to come in. They were waiting for a clergyman to come and actually exercise the house to get rid of the spirit. Interesting. Okay. The people who were living there hmm. claim that they saw... Can you hear the tinkle, tingle of the yeah. bell? Izzy can hear Izzy, us talking. Izzy's talking about us. She's here. Yeah. Izzy cat. Anyway, on cue, the spooky cat turns up. <laughs> but these people who are in this house saw apparitions of animals. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, really scary things. Objects were moved around by themselves. And it turns out that the house they were living in had previously been occupied by a lady called Mrs. Anne Riley, who was a spiritualist. And she'd moved to a house further away. But she thinks the things that happened at this previous house could have been down to her two pets, oh. a dog and a cat that had died in the house previously. Okay. Okay. What was it? Did they get on? They got on all right. Yeah, okay. she, she, the lady was very fond <laughs> of the them. Was the dog and cat arguing or anything? Ah, yeah, charging around the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She said um, they I were very... Had, sorry, I just had images of like Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry, what yeah. What was the dog called? Butch. Butch. Yeah. Tom and Butch. But he made all big muscly like... <laughs> Hiccup oh, Sorry, I digress. Go on. That's the one. But she said after she... Um, after they died, she'd yeah. seen them walking around the house. And she wondered perhaps the fact that because she'd moved out of the house, yeah. left the animals behind. Oh. Perhaps they were upset about the fact that she had gone, which is why they were creating a fuss with these other people who were in there. Oh, wow. So oh, that's actually really sad. That's quite sad in a way, isn't it? But, oh, yeah. gosh. So it's not always like, oh, no. Fluffy's gone. So I'm just like, ah. I wonder if she ever went back to that property. I don't know. Whether it calmed them down. I don't want to see now. You know, if she was a spiritualist, then maybe, I yeah, don't know, maybe yeah. she did. It would be nice if she did. Mm. That would save them getting the clergy in to exercise the place. Interesting to then. find out, wouldn't it? It would be, yeah. I'd have to sort of, I'd have to dig that one up and see what I can find. Because mm. I want to sort of mention this, you know, animals that uh, mm. sometimes they come back. It always makes me think of Pet Cemetery. <laughs> Oh, gosh, wasn't that a good book, huh? <laughs> or the film as well. And the film. Yeah. But I read somewhere, and correct me if I'm wrong, I actually read somewhere that the skeletons they used in the film yeah. were real. They were apparently from uh, 
they were from a Native American burial site, yes, I think, weren't they? Because they were and cheaper it, at the time to get hold of than yeah. fake skeletons. Well, they did a lot of that because they did the same with poltergeist, didn't oh they? Oh my god! The bodies that they had in the swimming pool scene were actually medical yeah, cadavers right. oh my from word. the local hospital that they'd finished <laughs> using, and they bought them because obviously they don't bury them. So they think, well, we'll buy the bodies and throw them in this pool. That's so terrible. when you're bobbing around in the swimming pool, or what's going to be the swimming pool with these like zombie <laughs> body around this? They were actually dead people. And you think that's really horrible. Yeah, but somebody, I'm sure I... What a way to be famous. Because I think in the book itself, it is a Native American burial ground, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They, they use to that's right. put the pets and then the pets come back, but not I as... love them. Big fan of Stephen King. But not as spirit animals or something mm. a bit more sinister. <laughs> mm. Cool. So on to sinister... Okay, you've always got a sinister tale <laughs> you up your sleeve. You love it, don't you? So I'll share Pet Cemetery with you. We were talking earlier on about um, harbingers and sometimes animals that will appear. Well, we've got the... black shuck, haven't we, in the Norfolk we countryside, have, which you yeah. did a lot of work on. Exactly, which is not so much. Well, actually, I say it's not so much of a spirit animal, but there's a possibility that it might be yeah. a spirit animal because there's all sorts of talks talk about what black shuck could be. I should clarify here what Black Shuck is. Black Shuck is a local East Anglian legend. It's a black dog. Well, not just East Anglian, I hate to say. Well, no, but... It goes black, further down it, it as go, well. It goes right across the UK. It does. There's sites of these black dogs, and they're mm. called different th- things in different areas. That's right, yeah. Um, in Norfolk, it's called the Black Shuck. I think yeah. uh, somewhere else, it's called the Galley Trot, which I think it might be up There's north somewhere. There's all kinds of different names for it. All sorts of but variations. it's all of, a black dog, It's all it? the same theme. This the black dog, dog. A devil sinister. dog. A demon Ah, but because I wrote an article on Black Shuck a few years back, do you remember? You did indeed. And he wasn't necessarily entirely a demon dog, which is what a lot of the people thought. He was also apparently quite protective over women. He was indeed. Which yep. is really interesting because that is a big contrast. You know, we've got this demon dog which has got, you know, connotations with Satan and he's satanic and he's evil and all the rest of it. And the other side of the coin is, oh, well, actually, he, he was quite protective over women at, late at night. Yeah. Who knows, eh? Exactly. Fascinating. Very strange. Yeah. But, yeah, he's got this connotation of being a harbinger. Yeah. Um, the, the idea of being a harbinger is that if you see it, it's a premonition. More yeah. often than not, you're going to die. So you see Black Shark, then you might die or a member of a family might die. That's the idea behind it. Mm. But apparently they were saying the dog could possibly be uh, a pet or a hound that belonged to a Viking warlord. I think it might have been, oh, I can't remember his name, damn. He's one of these Ragnar or something or other doodah okay. ones. And apparently he was murdered and his dog lived. Oh. But then his dog then went on a rampage and this is what it's supposed to be. And there's also stories that um, Black Shark might have been a dog that belonged to a sea captain that was lost at sea and the dog was lost with him and then yeah. comes ashore and because he's often seen running up and down on the coastline Searching. on the north north coast. For someone maybe. looking for yeah. the rest of the crew or the captain off the ship. So, yeah. yeah, a black shark is one that we'll go into in a lot more detail. Hopefully, um, we'll actually go and film at the, the couple of locations where things happened. That would be fabulous. Yeah, it? yeah, because it's it's a great story to tell. It's a fantastic it's one. It's a creepy one. It is a creepy one. <laughs> a scary, scary devil dog with mm. glowing red eyes and. I was going to do my devil dog impersonation there, but it's probably going to be just as bad. <laughs> There's a lot of animal I know, I really should right, stop right? them because I think I scared everybody earlier on with my, my you know, <laughs> scary bear impersonation. So, so on that subject, uh-huh. can you do an impersonation of a black cat? Uh, 
Okay. All right. Okay, so while you're going black cat, are you going down black cats belong to witches and all this kind of stuff? We're going to take a little flight over to the United States. Okay. Because you are going to tell us about the haunting in the White House. DC. You're talking Mm -hmm. DC. Okay. Well, not only do we have this incredible scary black dog over here, they've got an incredibly scary black cat in the White House. Demon Cat, or DC for short, has been seen a few times, not so often recently, but it was seen a few years ago in the around the cellars of the White House. In fact, there's evidence that the cat was there because there's paw prints in some of the concrete. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, how cute. And there's DC scratched into the floor as well. well the cat didn't do that, I hope. No, but, you know, <laughs> so, somebody really else has popped it story. in there just to say, isn't it? So basically <laughs> what it is, the story of the demon cat actually dates back to uh, the mid-1800s or early 1800s. Um, when cats were brought into the basement tunnels of the Capitol building or the White House to chase after vermin, rats mm. and mice. Okay, and the legend is that the demon cat is one of these cats that never left, staying there doing its duty, hunting down the vermin. See, we don't need sound effects. It's we've great, got isn't it? Because we've got a cat meowing in the background. Brilliant. We've got our own demon cat. Who needs cat. to pay for sound effects, exactly. eh? Exactly. Okay. Um, his home is supposedly in the basement crypt of the Capitol building, which was originally intended as a burial chamber for George Washington, mm-hmm. President George Washington. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, night watchmen on patrol around this area claimed that there was a black cat who could grow to unworldly proportions. Oh, wow. Okay. In one account, it's the size of a tiger. Wow. In another account, it's the size of an elephant. Okay. Which is a big cat. <laughs> okay. Uh, when spotted, is DC, the devil cat, mm. pounces at its victim and disappears before it makes contact. Um, in some other more bizarre circumstances, DC pounces and simply explodes in front of him instead. Oh, gosh. In fact, um, there was an incident with one of the guards where DC appeared and did his bit and pounced at him, and he was Mm. so terrified, scared to death, in fact, he had a heart attack and died. Oh, wow. So, yes, there we go. Mm. Okay, uh, like most of these sort of demon cat ghost stories and that kind of thing, there's Mm. sort of variations, okay? And the cat has been said to be a black cat. It's also been said to be a tabby cat. But more often than not, it's explained as being a black devil cat. Okay. And the thing with the devil cat or the demon cat, I just call it a devil cat, it's actually the demon cat. The thing with the demon cat is it's another harbinger, very much like our black shark. So it's said to appear when certain things happen. What, like and scaring people into having a heart attack and dying? Exactly. And wow. um, one of its first appearances is was to foretell the death of John Quincy Adams. Oh. Uh, okay. 1840s, I think he died. He's actually the president that died in chambers. He was actually doing some sort of ranting thing to the Senate. And he had a heart attack and died mm. there and then, actually, in the building. He's another one of the ghosts that sort of goes around the Capitol building, along with Abraham Lincoln. And the interesting thing is that... The House White House security guards have seen the cat before Lincoln was assassinated. Interesting. And they'd also seen the cat before JFK was assassinated as well. Mm-hmm. So this cat appears to be a harbinger 
So death. nobody really wants to see this cat then? They don't. So when was the last time this cat was seen? The last time they can actually certify that it was seen was for Lincoln. Not Lincoln, for JFK. Kennedy, JFK, because he was the last yeah. one to be assassinated. Yeah. But they do say, rumours abound, that he has also appeared when there's been a change of, like, president as well. But Reagan was, there was an attempted assassination on Reagan, wasn't there? Yeah. He wasn't seen then. I don't know. Mm. I'd have to dig around and find out. Yeah, that's I'm really just, interesting yeah, it's, story, it's, You're like, where did that suddenly come from? But I love the fact that, they're saying that he's obviously been there because there's like paw yeah. prints in the concrete and there's like scratching his initials on the floor and that so that's really yeah. interesting i love that story me gets oh nige no telling me now this story guys i honestly only nigel only nigel could find this next one okay and when i say that you will know listening to it exactly why i'm saying that now our next one now don't say the title because is we'll, we'll... a story about a monkey isn't it, it is indeed and for oh i don't know i i could sing a song here for this one and the monkey's name was martin martin yeah unfortunately this monkey <laughs> unlike the pixie's song this monkey hasn't gone to heaven <laughs> Not surprised. This monkey has actually stayed earthbound. <laughs> and let me tell you his tale. Martin the monkey. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, this is a stately home in the UK called um, Athelhampton House. Okay. It's a large estate in, Dor in Dorset, near Dorchester. Okay. England. Um, but in this case, they have a ghost. Yes. Martin. The monkey. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I know what's coming up. Okay. Let me just tell you about Martin the monkey. Tell the story. I'm going to tell the story. Okay. Okay. Uh, the monkey ghost story has its roots in real history. Uh, the Martin family crest uh, definitely shows a chained monkey. And the family graveyard has also got a stone depiction of a monkey, which might be poor Martin. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, the most popular version of this poor monkey's demise is that Martin, one of the Martin daughters was distraught over a broken love affair and she locked herself in a room and took her own life. Oh. But in her emotional state, she had not realised that the monkey, little Martin, a family pair, just happened to be, in fact, who just happened to be completely infatuated mm -hmm. with her, had followed into the room. And no one seemed to have noticed either one missing for days until both were found with poor Martin the monkey dead from starvation. Oh, poor little thing. And there's a different version where monkey Martin is quite happy playing around the house. Mm -hmm. And in the process, he gets himself accidentally entombed in a wall. Quite how he did that, I don't know. Yeah, You think right? if you're bricking up a hole, you would think you'd see the monkey in there, but there we go. Yeah, didn't they deliberately used to entomb animals? They walls? did. They would put, actually, um, you often find dead cats and things. Yeah, I was going to say, there's Anti-witchcraft measure. Yeah, so. They used to tomb, leave them living and just leave them there to die, didn't they? Yeah, the yeah entomb in the walls, yeah. yeah. Horrible. Yeah, that's an anti-witch card. Makes you wonder whether poor Martin was walled up in, to that, do that sort of thing. Mm. Ooh. Okay. Uh, he's entombed in a wall and he died there. Poor little Martin. Oh. Well, lady, Martin's ghost is reported be, to be seen by many swinging from the rafters and is heard by many more scratching on the walls. Most say Martin appears to be a friendly ghost monkey. Dear little Martin the monkey, however, a happy it, little monkey. He yeah. expresses his happiness in a 
How can we put this? Uh, oh, go on. I'm dying to say it, aren't you? Just a rather unusual matter. <laughs> uh, several visitors claim they have seen Martin, or they can hear Martin laughing, just pleasuring himself. <laughs> yes, we are talking Martin, the masturbating monkey. <laughs> Oh, God, I love this story. It's so brilliant. Only you. I thought the ones I could find. Only you. What have you found? Oh, I found a ghost monkey who likes wanking. Only you. And he's called Martin. A tale about Martin, the masturbating monkey. Of all the ghost pet stories, you had to find that one. I know. I'm really sorry. (laughs) It had to be told. (laughs) Martin's tale needs to be told. Um, no one seems to be quite sure uh, where the story about Martin the Masturbating Monkey came from. <laughs> um, perhaps the legend of scratching got misinterpreted from the walls to the primates' privates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or as a way to show the ape's infatuation with the girl or an attempt to explain why the monkey ghost is always in a good mood. <laughs> or was it just adding a common monkey behaviour to an uncommon monkey ghost story? A monkey spanking the monkey, possibly one of the strangest <laughs> ghost stories ever. <laughs> I am so to sorry. Get that one in there, didn't you? To do it. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, but I know we laugh about these things, yeah. but to be honest, it is a subject that yeah, sort of needs just to be. Fascinating. Yeah, it's just really, really interesting. Yeah, totally. And I'm so glad that you brought it to our attention because I didn't bring the monkey to your attention. No, but you brought the ghost pet ghost, didn't you? It was well, your it yes. was your idea. Well, yeah. Because you threw this one at me like I'm saying, what can we do a podcast about? And you're like, let's do one about animal ghosts. And I'm like, oh God. Why not? Where am I going to find a story about animal ghosts? <laughs> There's loads of them, they're everywhere. There are quite a few of them. And that's we've just sort of briefly dipped a toe into the water because if you go searching across the internet there are so many you can enjoy different animals all over isn't that absolutely fascinating and if you want to dig 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 a bit deeper into this as well you can find stories like we were telling of our own pets where Mm. people have had their pets come back and they've been great comfort or they've come back and they've warned them of some impending disaster i'll tell you what you don't hear of though you don't hear about ghost goldfish you never know. Mm-hmm. It could be. Well, you don't Bloop. know, do you? Or ghost, ghost toads or Bloop. ghost frogs. Well, ghost goldfish often meet a mm. rather unfortunate end, don't they? Yeah. They get a berry, let's see. Well, we... we <laughs> you flash them down the loo. <laughs> as a kid, as a kid, we had one, and I'll never forget it, one of <laughs> one of our cats at the time. He, my dad used to be a lover of koi. He used to keep koi as pets. Uh, yeah. And we actually had a koi called, or it's either a koi or a goldfish, I can't remember, called Scarface. And the reason why he was called Scarface was because my dad, when I was a child, was cleaning out the pond. And he had the fish in a bucket while he was cleaning out the pond, right? And the cat thought, rich pickings, dipped a pour in. Grabbed poor old Scarface, who at the time wasn't actually Scarface, and started chewing on his head. Oh, no. <laughs> the colour drained from this poor golden goldfish's fish turned white, and I'm not surprised. My dad panicked, threw it back in the pond, and we thought this had gone. It's not going to make it. Unbelievably, Scarface survived. He absolutely survived. And 
he lived on for many, many years with a scarred head. But it makes me wonder, because when Dad decided, you know, the fish passed on or whatever over the years, he never really bothered with that pond much in the end and we moved. But our cat at the time, incidentally, was called Rude because she was a grumpy cat. She would always glance into that pond and it makes me wonder, was she seeing old Scarface swimming around wishing she was <laughs> munching on his head? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows indeed? <laughs> and with that... I think we can believe you with this one. Yeah, well, I hope you've enjoyed it, everyone. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoy, yeah, our tales of weird and wonderful cats and dogs and mm. monkeys and bears and... Mm. Scarface. Yeah, Loch Ness Monsters, <laughs> there could be ghosts and abominable, abominable, and no men. who knows? Who knows? I'd just like to say, if you have enjoyed our podcast, please take the time to give us a rating. And uh, if you want to, make a comment, because we'd love to read what you have to say about us. And for that, that's it for now. Mm, so take care, folks. Look after your goldfish and your koi carp and keep safe. And it's good night from me. And it's good night from me. Until next time. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.